Welcome to The Ziggler Show, episode 448. Today, we talk about a topic that fewer and fewer people are aware they need training in, but more people than ever need help. If you have a product or a service you'd like to offer others, if you have an idea or a mission that you know would benefit mankind or just those close to you, if you are, heck, single and desire a mate, or if you simply want the ability to influence anyone toward anything that could benefit them, you need a set of skills. Now, Zig refers to them as sales, and I'll explain more about that in just a moment. what you are and where you are because of what's gone into your mind. You can change what you are. You can change where you are by changing what goes into your mind. You cannot become what you need to be by remaining what you are. If you can't take a huge step to begin with, take as big a step as you can, but take it now. That's the key. Take it now. You can have everything in life you want if you'll just help enough other people get what they want. Today's a brand new day, and it's yours. Hey, everyone. This is Kevin Miller, host of The Ziggler Show. So sales, uh, a big, big thing in Zig Ziggler's primary profession. That's what he was originally known as, and throughout his career that was still a primary thing that he taught. Big companies brought him in to teach sales. Uh, I mean, aside from being one of the world's greatest authorities on personal development, inspiration, motivation, again, sales was, that was his expertise. And as Zig famously quoted, everyone is in sales and I could not agree more. So, I mean, he was often hired to speak directly to literal sales professionals. Okay. Come into companies and literally talk to sales professionals, host events where they would bring in sales professionals, people whose, that was their title was sales for whatever organization. And for any of you listening, everybody listening, all of us work somewhere and get paid because somebody is say is in sales is selling what we're a part of. Uh, now, obviously some people are more on the front lines with that as their specific role, but we're all involved in it. And what we're going to talk about today at following Zig's message is that we literally all, this is something we all need to understand and an ability that we need to, we needed to have. But in regards to sales professionals, as you'll hear him talk, he uses some specific, specific vernacular that, uh, again, you may not readily relate to, but I think that's where sometimes people, uh, get lost in the message because they say, well, that doesn't pertain to me. This does. I mean, this, this is my preface here, just to entreat you to listen and believe that this message from Zig, where he is talking specifically about sales is highly relevant for you. If you're here listening as a Ziggler listener, because the primary skill that we need in whatever we are pursuing, though the highest majority of Ziggler listeners are more closely associated with sales to some degree, whether they own their own business uh, or, you know, end up doing independent contracting, or they are involved in work where whether they're the, the salesperson, they're still closely aligned or closely, uh, I, I guess that you know, they're not too far removed from the sales process, selling something to an end user. That's what we all get paid for. 
Um, now, before I jump in and give you Zig, Zig's message here, I think it's about uh, 10 minutes. Uh, I want to give you a heads up that the next show that we're doing is a Q&A show that I'll be doing with Tom Ziegler. We continue to get requests for more Q&A shows that you guys really enjoy those. And we do get a lot of questions uh, coming in that we that we call call out, you know, some of the ones, a lot of them kind of overlap and we'll pull them together. But if you want to get a question to us on your personal journey of inspiring your true performance, if it's a specific show issue or a show topic that we talked about, even today's show, and I'll remind you about this again. If there's a, a question as you're listening, this go, gosh, yeah, but that's, I don't understand that. Or, oh, that's bothersome. Or uh, tell me more about that. Let us know. And we'll try to address it personally. So you can go to ask.zigshow.com or just email us at ask at zigshow.com. All right. Well, here is Zig and then we'll dig in. Finding someone willing to buy. How to stay in business and the profession of selling. One of the ongoing debates at every sales get-together, meaning when two salespeople start talking, is what is the most important part of the selling process? The reality is, if you can't handle all phases of the sales process, you will not sell enough to stay in the profession. However, regardless of how good your closing skills, your product, your ability to handle objections, your presentation, or your skills at determining wants and needs, if you don't have a prospect, you're out of business. The consensus among the outstanding salespeople and sales trainers is almost unanimous. Prospecting is the most important key to sales success. Well, what is a prospect? A prospect is an individual or group capable of making the decision on the product or service the salesperson is selling. There is obviously a difference between a prospect and a suspect. A suspect is a name that could be a prospect. So the name, any name, offers hope. But unless that hope has a solid foundation, then we only have a suspect. A prospect has a need for the product a possible desire to own that product, and the financial capacity to implement that decision. You spend time with suspect. You invest time with prospects. So the question becomes, when do people prospect? The answer is all the time. Prospecting is not an eight-to-five job. Prospecting, when done graciously, can be done in virtually any environment, including social situations, on an airplane, in an airport, at a luncheon, a club meeting, or wherever people are present. Once again, the best-paying hard work in the world is selling, and the poorest-paying easy work in the world is selling. Our chosen field is not an industry that allows us to coast. When you get in the business of professional selling, or more importantly, when the business gets in you, you will discover that prospecting is not a chore. It is truly an exciting opportunity for success. My friend Cabot Robert has a little phrase, you got to circulate before you can percolate. How true it is. There's no denying the fact that activity in the world of sales is critical. You do need to be making contacts and calls. The alert salesperson is constantly in the state of awareness, with eyes and ears open for business. In the minds of most people, COD stands for cash on delivery. But in the world of prospecting, COD has an entirely different meaning. 
The C stands for communication. This means that every time you communicate with anybody who remotely resembles a prospect or one who might know a prospect, in some way you communicate the business you're in and your interest in sharing the excitement of what you have to offer with the prospect. The O stands for observation. You watch and listen to what's going on around you, whether it's in an elevator, on a bus, in a crowded store, at a club, or social gathering. The D stands for dedication. You need to be dedicated to the concept of making the contacts and getting those references. Now, let's do a more detailed analysis on COD and see what we can learn about finding more prospects. One of the keys in prospecting is to always remember that the person with whom you've already established a relationship is probably your best prospect for additional goods, products, or services. If you represent a company which has an extensive line of products, or if they've come out with new items, you certainly want to offer them to your customers. You've already covered the basic obstacles in the sales process. You've built a relationship. Develop confidence and rapport. Establish the fact that you're a person who can be trusted and convince the prospect that what you offer has value. Under these circumstances, it's natural that these customers are your best prospects to sell additional items. Suppose you're brand new. You picked up these tapes and your sample kit all on the same day, and you don't even have prospect number one. Where do you start? Answer, you begin by opening your eyes and observing everything around you. You will notice that in your office there are customer files with which you can begin working. Chances are excellent that your trainer and your company will be not only willing but anxious to share this information with you so you can start making those contacts on the service and referral concept as your beginning point. To be successful, you must understand the sin of the desert. An individual who knows where the water is in the desert, but will not share the information with others, is committing the sin of the desert. The successful salesperson learns to feel that a customer who is completely sold on the product, but will not share the names of other prospects for the product they are purchasing, is guilty of the sin of the desert. The sin of the desert for the sales professional is not actively prospecting every day and especially with the people for whom you make presentations. Selling is a transference of feeling and to transfer feeling you must have strong feelings. Once you truly believe in the sin of the desert as a salesperson, you will be infinitely more capable of persuading your customers and prospects that they in turn should refer you to other people who will benefit from your goods our services. Whether beginning or experienced, professional salespeople use a technique known as eagle eye prospecting. By carrying a tape recorder as you drive around, you can easily and safely record the names and addresses when you cite possible prospects. Billboards, storefronts, auto advertising, anything that looks like a legitimate prospect can be recorded. Are you practicing your powers of observation? You will notice that many professional salespeople 
salespeople are very much involved with their community. This includes those sales pros like the architects, CPAs, merchants, motel managers, doctors, teachers, and others who realize the importance of selling skills in what is traditionally perceived as a non-selling role. Dave Leniger, the founder of Remax, is a firm believer that salespeople should get involved in civic activities. However, Dave stresses that the objective you have in joining worthwhile civic organizations should be service-oriented. He feels that if your major objective in joining the organization is to market to the membership, it is probably going to alienate many of the people you want to influence. I concur with that assessment because, in essence, that has to do with manipulation and not motivation. If you're in the group, organization, or club with a what's-in-it-for-me attitude rather than a what-can-I-do-to-help attitude, you're doing the group and yourself a great disservice. If you love the city you work in and want to give something back to your community and help make it better, you should get involved. Dave points out that your spirit and attitude will make a favorable impression on the people you're with and, as a result, friendships will develop and the members will want to do business with you. Pressure selling, where we must make the sale to survive, is often caused by lack of prospects. If you're making a call on your last prospect, the feeling you transfer is one of desperation and personal need and not value for your product or service. Add to this the fact that if you don't sell this prospect, you're out of business. That is enormous pressure and it will cripple and eventually kill any sales career. Okay, great stuff from Zig. I want to break down some specific issues right there. Now, this episode of The Ziggler Show is brought to you in part by a frequent supporter, Zip Recruiter. So we have a lot of business owners in The Ziggler audience. And if you own or run a business, you have to hire and find quality team members. So do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? So posting your job in one place is not enough to find quality candidates. I know I've gone through the hassle. If you want to find the perfect hire, you need to post your job on all the top job sites. And now you can with ZipRecruiter.com. You can post your job to a hundred plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click, find candidates in any city or industry nationwide. Just post the job once and watch your qualified candidates roll into ZipRecruiter's easy to use interface. No juggling emails or calls to your office. You can quickly screen candidates, rate them and hire the right person fast. So find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by over 1 million businesses. And right now, Ziggler listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash free trial. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free trial. Okay, folks. So great message from Zig. And back to what I said in the intro. Again, if you have a skill an ability, a product, or a message that you want to get to people, the most important thing, as Zig said, is prospecting, getting in front of the right people. And who are they? Now, again, I'm going to say there's a lot of people out there listening right now and are always growing numbers of subscribers who've never really even heard much talk at all on sales and further have not heard talk on 
prospecting. There's a lot of people who are involved in sales who don't know a whole lot. They've never really done any formal training on sales. And again, the term of prospecting is not that common. Those who are in sales, there's a lot of them who don't do it well. That's why he made it a primary topic right here. And we're talking about it today. So prospecting is getting in front of the right people. Who are they? Well, Zig says that a prospect is an individual or a group able to make a decision. Then he distinguishes between a prospect and a suspect. And the thing, folks, and being involved for so many years, for, for over six years, I ran an online membership called Free Agent Academy, where I helped people transition from traditional employment to self-employment, to where for a lot of them, it's the first time that they were responsible for selling a product and often selling themselves. And the thing I see or saw, and, and I've always seen and continue to see people fall victim to is the thinking that often everyone is viable for what they are selling uh, or, or that they, you know, they put their, most of their efforts into broadcasting to the masses. That's like social media. These days, you take your offering and you blast it around Facebook or Twitter and, and, and wherever. And it's like a billboard and you're just trying to interrupt everyone and hoping that you'll find viable candidates, but you may have the feeling that, Oh, this is something that everybody needs. And you waste a lot of time and you can irritate people and it just does not pan out. So we're going to give a real quick focus to that. I mean, folks, there's no product service or message that everyone is a prospect for. And real quick, just as I say that myself, you start thinking, okay, it's got to be something. Everybody needs, you know, light bulbs, toilet paper, or yada, yada, you can go down that. But no matter what you come out with, it is impossible for your specific product to be the right one for, for everybody. Let's take a light bulb, for instance, whatever light bulb you make, it's either going to be the mid range. And if it's a mid range light bulb and I'm a high end, I want the one that's going to last a million years and pay top dollar, then yours is not viable for me. I am not a prospect for you. Uh, if you make a low end one and I'm that high end person, again, I'm not the prospect for you. If you make the high end one and I'm a cheapskate, then again, you've got to know exactly who your product is for. And, and, and somewhat in that there's the reality too, of if you provide a product or a service, are you looking for people who are already interested in what your product or service is? And you want to showcase that yours is a better option or yours is a more appropriate option for a certain segment. Or do you have something that you want to go out and try to awaken people to the need for to say, folks, you, you don't realize what, what is happening here uh, to you, where you're suffering from or how you could benefit from. And, and neither of those is right or wrong, but it's very different. I think a lot of times people are not aware of that. Uh, of that, that piece right there. It's a really good question to ask yourself. Are you looking to sell to people who already know their need, have a desire for your product, uh, which Zig's going to say here in just a second, or are you trying to awaken people to that need? If you're just awakening, then yeah, you really are blasting out to a lot of suspects. Uh, though even there, there should still be a target market of people, you know, who are most viable for your product. I mean, knowing your primary target market and promoting to them is the heart of prospecting, which Zig, he said this in the message. He, he, he said a prospect is number one, someone who has a need for the product. Okay. Number two, they have a possible desire to own that product. Number three, they have the financial capacity to implement that decision. And then he goes on to say, you spend your time with suspects, you invest your time 
with prospects. So I'm going to give you on that note, I'm going to give you a, a story that uh, will probably make you cringe because you've probably had it happen to you. And it may be one of the things, if you're one of those people where sales is not a term that gives you warm fuzzies at all, it may be because you witnessed this or you were a victim to this, or you've heard people talk about this. So I had a guy the guy that I met at church and he was real nice, you know, amiable guy and, uh, said, man, I really, you know, I'm new to the area. I'd really love to, to just pick your brain on some things. Uh, could I buy you coffee? And I said, gosh, you know, sure I can. Went and sat down at a coffee shop that I can see from where I'm sitting in the studio right now, went in there and pretty quick, he pulls out this thing and goes on a spiel of, offering this investment, uh, focused product that really then was geared towards uh, college, uh, you know, saving up for, co- for your kids' colleges. And he knew I was a businessman. I had kids in college. So he thought I was a viable, uh, prospect. Well, one, he was very, very, uh, lacking in integrity as he hooked me into this with a, a premise that was not valid. So he lost not only any ability to sell me on this product or service that again, might've been a great product or service. I not only did he lose me uh, right then, but he repelled me and I would then uh, not wish him upon anyone else. Uh, It was horrific. So we've probably all witnessed that. That's a really bad end of the story. But now a second thing is, is he looked at me and looked at what he assumed was my, you know, business acumen, intellectual status, whatever, uh, socioeconomic status, saw that I had kids and thought, man, that's a great prospect. However, he did not know I am not a financial investor in that scenario. If I'm going to invest money, it's primarily going to be either in a business I'm involved with or real estate. Those are just my chosen scenarios. Nothing against you know mutual funds and the stock market or whatever. Those are just not my chosen ones. He did not bother to check that out. If he had, he would have known I was absolutely not remotely a, uh, I was a decidedly against, uh, that or not again, I'm not against it, but I was decidedly not, I, I know I'm not going to put, I have no interest in that. And then no, nobody should waste their time doing that. I know it's viable. I have friends who, who are doing great there. It's just not my chosen method. So he didn't know that the next thing, his focus was college, knowing that I had a lot of kids and saving up for their funds. Well, and, and this may shock or, uh, uh, upset some folks there. I do have a lot of kids. It's not that I don't have the ability to help with their colleges. I don't. Uh, I help with a lot of things in their life. That's one that I said from the get-go that I'm not going to. If that's a decision that they want to make, I will support and encourage them, but I'm not going to financially. That's them deciding to do that, just like if they went into a business uh, for themselves. Not that we don't help out here and there, but I'm not just funding it automatically. Again, it's just a personal decision. He did not know that, but that's something that in being a salesman for this product or service, he should be finding these things out before he assumes somebody is a prospect. So I was a suspect that he assumed was a prospect. So it's a lot about what Zig talked about at the end of the show, which is good selling is caring. It's understanding somebody's true need and being sure that what you have is a good fit for that. Not trying to persuade them that it is, but uh, caring for them enough to understand whether it's not and having walkaway power to go. If he had asked me a few questions at the front of it, he would respectfully go, Oh my gosh, Kevin, I, I, I now I, now I understand. I don't want to waste your time at all. Um, be ha- and, and, you know, let's, let's chat, get to know each other and enjoy a cup of coffee or gosh, get, get on your way. I don't want to waste your time. I would have referred him to other people. I knew other people that would have been good prospects 
for him. Uh, so, you know, again, spent, and he spent time with me as going back to what Zig said, you spend time, spend some time with suspects, you invest time with prospects. And he tried to invest time with me right off the bat. And I was not a viable prospect. Now, let me comment on something Zig said next. He asked, when should you prospect? Okay. Cause what he said there. I'm just going to make it understandable because I know what he meant. I know the context of Zig overall right here. If you take just what he said, it may be a little confusing for you. So what he said, he said, what, when should you prospect? Okay. When? And he said all the time, any environment, social situations, airplanes, wherever people are present. Okay. That at face value is going to make a lot of you cringe if you don't know the rest of Zig's message on selling and prospecting. So let me just defi- or, uh, clarify it for you. Okay. Mo- again, most all of us have had experiences with someone who's always looking to sell anyone and everything on something and, and we loathe it. We shy away from it. And it may be why the term selling and sales is, is dirty to some of you guys out there. And I apologize for those people. They were doing it wrong. To Zig, again, sales is caring about people who, who who you can help with your product or service and helping them get the help that they need, taking away the real and perceived obstacles of something they really do want and need. That's good uh, sales. But his prospect, and as he talked about that, he was always on the lookout for a viable prospect and an interested party. Again, go back up to what he said. A prospect is someone who has a need for the product, has a possible desire to own that product and the financial capacity to implement that decision until you have figured that out. So if he's out in a social situation, it's not that he's always looking to sell something. Okay. I mean, the guy who did well, he wasn't always, but he believed in what he was selling. He was happy to do that. It was his profession. And so he was always looking for that. In the course of conversation, if it came out that someone actually had a need for a product that he had, that they had a desire to own it and they had the financial capacity, that's what he was always looking for in every situation. So as he talked about that and goes through that list of uh, any environment, he wherever people are present, he was open to listening for that and talking to people and seeing, does what he have, could it help somebody there? And, and he may come out of a, a church gathering and, and have somebody who's so thrilled that they met him because he had something that they wanted, needed, needed, and he was thrilled to have made a sale. So again, his prospecting was not looking to offer what he sold to anyone and everyone, but to always be on the lookout for a viable prospect. You know, and on that note, you know, if I'm at church, let's say, as far as a social gathering, I'm talking with people, I'm just there to be with them. But imagine if someone is lamenting about their desire to progress in their life, and they're, but they're lacking motivation. Uh, they're suffering with their self-image. Would, it not, would that not be a viable time if I really cared to say, gosh, you know, uh, you ever heard of Zig Ziglar and ever, ever really pursued anything on personal development, on helping your self-image? You know, can I love to give you a book or help tune you in. Now I'm involved in that. I personally benefit to a degree, right? I, well, I'm involved because I believe in it. I believe I'm grateful for the, for the revenue that I get as the host of the Ziggler show, but it's something I would do for free if I was a billionaire because people need this. And so one of my favorite quotes from Zig is if you have a product or a service that you know can benefit someone is your moral obligation to sell it, to sell it. They need to buy it. They need to offer something for the value that they're going to get. It's a win-win both ways. But, but again, that's what Zig is talking about. Always being aware for somebody who you could help with this thing that you have and hopefully believe in. 
And I've seen people who have knowledge and skills and abilities and products and services and messages that could save someone's life, but they won't ever speak out about it, uh, especially amongst personalized because they're too afraid of coming off, you know, salesy, which I understand. I truly do. And I, I folks, as an admission, I have done that at times. I have done that at times and come back later and talked about and felt bad about it. Uh, so there's a, there's my admission. Of course, that's why I'm here with you to learn from Zig. I'm not here as the host of Ziggler show because I've arrived and I've got this all figured out. I'm learning as well. Love it. Uh, but let me speak to all our listeners. Uh, the majority who are of the Ziggler show listeners are involved again, as I said before, with a product or a service or a message where they benefit pretty closely, closely associated to the actual sale. And, you know, all of us, again, we all are reliant no matter where we are in whatever company on something being sold. But again, admittedly, some people are more on the front lines of that. But let me speak to them, especially, I mean, my gosh, artists, solopreneurs, and very small businesses, which some would call micro businesses, where there's less than, than five employees, 10 employees. What Zig is speaking to with prospecting is huge. So many of, and I'll, I'll say myself, cause I'm, I'm primarily a small business guy. Many are focused on serving the next customer or client or patient uh, that they get. And meanwhile, they aren't lining up more business, which comes from prospecting. So your business is up and down and up and down, knowing how many inquiries it takes to make an actual sale will tell you how much marketing promotion. And again, prospecting you need to be doing. I mean, so many folks complete a sale finish up with the customer, get paid, really happy, but then look up and realize, oh my goodness, I've been totally focused here. I don't have anything in the pipeline. I don't have any, I don't have another, another project on the horizon here to get paid for. So now I got to go out from ground zero, fervently look for business. When I find it, then it often gets again, full attention. Everything's there until you get paid. And then it's back to zero again. That's very indicative of a lot of people, a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of people in business for themselves, a lot of artists that they do. That's very uh, stereotypical. Uh, some part of our every day, or at least every, every week needs to be involved with prospecting, which again, folks, this doesn't mean door to door and it has to be going to social events. I, I'm not that kind of guy, but your marketing promotion is happening. Do you have things that you've invested in that are out there driving viable eyes and ears to what you have to offer? And that's happening while you are fulfilling a product or a service or a message that somebody has purchased. So getting what you offer in front of viable people, that's your target market. So, hey, as I mentioned before on this, as we're talking about a specific issue that's very close to home for, for the majority of you, if you have personal questions, okay, yeah, how do I do that in my business? Or, yeah, this is what I'm struggling with. Please send it to us. Tom Ziegler uh, and myself will address those questions. You can go to ask.zigshow.com and submit it there. Or email us at ask at zigshow.com and Tom and I will again address those questions. Um, and, and more, there's one more important point that Zig just kind of touched on that's huge and it's worthy of us pulling out. And I want to jump on that before we wrap up. Uh, but I do want to thank Princess Cruise Lines, a new supporter of the Ziegler show. So according to a recent poll done by the Huffington Post, listen to this, more than half of Americans took seven or fewer vacation days 
last year. This has been diminishing continually over time for a long time. I know, I've known that. I've been aware of that. And folks, I, I understand it. I understand it as well. But we also know how vacation and time outside of the grind of your life, even if it's a great grind, is so important in reducing stress, improving mental health, and strengthening your relationships. So make this year different and take some time for yourself with Princess Cruise Lines. Amongst cruise lines, they were voted to have the best itineraries. Princess Cruises are an easy, convenient way to travel and can take you wherever there's an ocean. So whether you're dreaming of whale watching in Juneau or dancing the tango amidst the colorful streets of Buenos Aires, there's a destination for you. Right now, they are having the Princess Cruise anniversary sale, and you can get up to $600 in free onboard spending money that you can use to sip wines you can't pronounce, go cage diving, or unwind at the Lotus Spa. It's a prime time to take your next vacation on a princess cruise. So visit princess.com slash Ziggler for more details. Now, again, that's princess P R I N C E S S dot com slash Ziggler. All right. So folks, the last thing I wanted to hit was something that Zig talked about and he said it and I'll paraphrase a little bit that the best person often the best customer client to sell to or the, or the best person to sell to is a customer or a client who you have already done business with. So let's talk about that real quick because it is something that I had my marketing teeth cut on uh, over two decades ago. And yet it's amazing in today's world. It's one of those uh, testimonies of how we're so rife with information and knowledge. And yet we so over time don't do those things that we know to be true. Repeat and referral business is the most profitable, the easiest to procure business uh, that there is to have. And yet so many companies, when was the last time that you were pursued, thanked, and nurtured to give a, a, to give a, a referral to or to do business with again by somebody you have done business with. It's very few and far between, and yet that's where the money is. So I'll tell you a real quick story. I think I've told it on some of the shows. It's been a while, though. So one of my first actual career-type gigs, and actually it was the only time, I was, uh, the only time I've actually been a literal W-2 employee, was back in, I believe, 1996 is when I started, 96 or 97. So a lot of our folks are also listeners of the Dave Ramsey show. So I worked for Dave for just a little bit, as did my wife uh, when he was working out of his house. And then we both ended up working then for Mike Hardwick of Churchill Mortgage, who's been an advertiser on Dave's radio show since the dawn of his radio show. So I went there. Very unique opportunity I had. Mike had gotten involved with an organization that was uh, focused on increasing repeat and referral business for realtors and lenders. And Mike wanted to take those systems and figure out how to make it work for his company and things just lined up. And I got that gig. So I spent two years fully focused on, on increasing the repeat and the referral business for Churchill Mortgage. In two years, we quadrupled the repeat and referral business for that company. It was a huge, huge success. The money that we spent to do that was so much less than going out there looking for a stranger, somebody we did not know. It's because folks, when you have somebody you've done business with, again, assuming that you gave them a good product, gave them a good service, you did a good job, uh, they are the ones that now trust you. 
you have their trust. So whatever category you're in, product or service-wise that you sold in, out of all the other ones out there, they know you, they trust you, their propensity to do business with you again is high if you court them. And that's when we miss it. That's when we miss it because time will go on. And here, case in point right now, I have a rental house and I need to have the septic system pumped. A couple years ago, three years ago, I had a guy come out and do it. I remember him. He was really nice. He had a really good price and uh, did a good job. I paid him, I don't know, if, if memory serves, 300 bucks maybe. And, uh, and he's gone. I need to have it done again. I can't remember his name. I literally, I can't remember the guy's name, can't remember the company's name. And so I'm going to go in and find the next one. And, uh, and, and by the way, if he just sent me something every once per quarter, doesn't it be a promotion just to say, Hey, you know, or actually better than that would be kind of like your tire company should do, you know, or, or usually does for him to say, uh, have me on his file with a little ticker to come up every year or every two years or whatever to say, Hey, it's been X long since you had it done. And in my case, he, he knew that I had it as a rental house. And when you've got different renters in there, you don't know what they may have put down in there. You say, Hey, I, you know, we know that it's hard to keep track of that. You don't know what went down there. It'd probably be good uh, service to service that I would be grateful for that. Him keeping in contact with, with me and he would absolutely get my business. And if there happened to be anybody else and I live out here where I live up in the mountains, there's a lot of folks who are on their own septic system and he's who I would refer. I can't refer him and I can't use him again. He has not stayed in touch. And if he asked me at that time, this is what we did at Churchill Mortgage. If he had asked me at that time, said, look, man, I'm doing this for you. If I did a good job, uh, you may know some of your you know, neighbors and stuff who, who might benefit from me. Could you put me in contact with them or at least give me, the, give them uh, uh, my card. And I, there's a good chance that I would have done that, but he did not ask for the referral as well. So Zig again, talked about that, but we could do an entire show on that. Let me just say this folks, if you are in business for yourself or you're involved in sales to any degree, your best bet on putting your time, your effort, and your money is to go to the people you've already done business with and nurture them to do business with you again, or nurture them to give you a referral at the health and wellness clinic that I'm involved in. Whenever we ask every person who came in, how did you find out about us? How, how did you find out about us? Uh, not quite 50% of them. I'd say 30 to 40% come from a referral from an existing patient. We ask, cause we have to do this uh, because it's a medical environment and there's, uh, there, there's, uh, 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 not safety. What is it? Uh, you know, personal, you can't just share personal information. So we have to ask and we say, Hey, we, can we share with that person? Can we thank them? Tell them that you enrolled with us. And can we thank them for that? And of course they, uh, well, so far hundred percent of them said yes. And we send that person a gift certificate. It's actually $50 gift certificate to a high end restaurant here in the area with the thank you card. And it's worth its weight in gold. The chance of that person referring another person is dramatically high, not because they needed 50 bucks. It's because they were recognized for making that referral. Uh, Great way to do business. So folks, that's a, that's a, I'll give you, that's a, that's a golden nugget from Zig, Zig that I, Zig it, that I wanted to expound upon for you. Uh, it's not done near enough in our day and age and marketplace. And yet it is a gold mine. It's the gold mine for most successful businesses. Well, folks, thanks for being here. Thanks for tuning in. Remember again, next uh, show is a Q and a with Tom. If you got anything to shoot to us, you want us to address, go to ask 
ask.zigshow.com or email us at ask at zigshow.com. Thanks for being with me as we inspire our true performance together. <laughs>